Hi everyone, and welcome back to the latest episode of our series on data analytics. Throughout these five episodes, we're looking at what advantages this approach can bring to your organization and how best to implement an analytics culture. I'm your host, Takara Small, and this mini-series is brought to you by the Conference Board of Canada and Tableau. Now, this episode is going to focus on how to become an innovative, data-driven organization. The prospect can seem daunting if you're new to the field, so we've got someone who can walk you through it step by step. Maxime Cohen is our guest. He's a professor of retail and operations management at McGill University in Montreal. He teaches students how to use analytics, artificial intelligence, and operations management to improve business decisions. He also does academic research, and if that wasn't enough, he's also a co-director of the Retail Innovation Lab at the university. It's looking at retail management practices, so he's really well-placed to talk about this topic. We discussed his research, as well as where to start if you're trying to become data-driven, and what mistakes to avoid. There's all that and so much more, so let's get into it. Hi, Maxime. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. You wear a lot of hats at McGill University. Can you start off by telling me and everyone who's listening a little bit about the Retail Innovation Lab and why the research you do there is so important? Yeah, thank you for asking. So we actually open a lab, which is a real store in collaboration between McGill University and the global retailer Kushtar Circle K, where we have a store operating a convenience store open to the public. And we are collecting the data of the store for research purposes. And we're also leveraging this lab facility to test modern new sophisticated technologies in a retail sector and try to learn which type of technologies can improve the retail experience for customers. So we're doing research on, you know, leveraging uh, data and artificial intelligence to improve the customer journey, to improve the retail operations, to improve some decision done in the store. To move. And we have a strong focus on research topics at the interface of AI and retail management, and more particularly responsible uh, artificial intelligence. We want to minimize waste. You want to incentivize customers to eat healthier. You want to develop technologies that are allowing us to understand better the customer journey and try to improve the experience for the retailers, the customers, and for the society at large. And so I imagine the technologies you're using would involve data analytics. Can you tell me a little bit about how that has impacted the retail space and just in general, how the pandemic has shifted retail overall? Yeah, definitely. Data analytics is a big focus of our lab and for, of my research in general. And I couldn't agree more that uh, the pandemic was a kind of a wake-up call for retailers to start embracing and adopting analytics type of uh, practices. They, you know, like with uh, several store closures and several like uh, regulations based on the pandemic, like a lot of the retail activities moved to the online space. Now, when you move online, you can collect a lot of data about customers and there are also several challenges. So some of the challenges is to collect data while keeping the privacy of users. This is a very important challenge. Uh, another interesting fact is that you can collect a lot of data about your customers, about their interactions, about which type of product they click on, which type of product they are looking at, 
And you can also start testing. You can test different prices. You can set different strategies. You can send different type of uh, email campaigns to users. And then you can start collecting the data, which is customer responses to those changes or those campaigns and try to learn more about customers' preferences, about what customers like. And all of that can be powered by the world of analytics. And I'm wondering how has, you know, the pandemic has changed a lot for consumers, for shoppers, for retailers. I'm wondering how has that changed the type of data people are, I guess, accumulating and is that the future? Yeah, I mean, definitely the way people are shopping has changed. People tend to go less often to the stores, buy larger baskets. So, for example, like we can see that in the data, people are buying different types of products. A lot of people are buying, for example, sanitizers. Hand sanitizers become much more popular than before. So definitely like collecting the data can inform you about the trends. If there is some type of uh, switches in the trends, you can detect those switches almost in real time by looking at what customers are buying, what they are interested in buying. Like now there is a lot of inflation in the world. So like Customers are more sensitive to price changes. So that's something also you can observe directly in the data. So definitely collecting data can allow you to understand better who are your customers and what are their preferences, what are their customer behavior in general. It's really interesting because you mentioned trends and how it plays a really crucial part in determining what consumers want, what they're thinking about, which brings me to my next question, which is how can you ensure the data that you're using to predict these trends is accurate? Yeah, that's a good question. So there is a lot of systems in place and you can do a lot of sanity checks to make sure like the data you are capturing is indeed accurate. I mean, today the technology is such in a way that uh, the data that is captured is very good, very representative. Of course, nothing is perfect. A couple of glitches need to some data cleaning. So there is a big topic called data cleaning, which is using the captured data from acquisition processes and try to do a little bit of uh, cleaning to make sure that the the values that you're collecting are not like, you know, erroneous or very high, very low. There is something called uh, removing the outliers. So definitely data cleaning will be a big part of it. And a couple of sanity check and visualization, of course, softwares like Tableau or Power BI can allow you to visualize the data and make sure that visually speaking, that it looks uh, right to based on the experience of the retailers. And we have a lot of people who are listening to this podcast from a wide range of experiences. If there are people, um, managers, supervisors, retailers who are listening and thinking, okay, I want to adopt better analytics so my company can thrive, but I don't know where to start. What advice would you have for them? Like what are things they should do to avoid making mistakes? Yes, so starting is always like in many cases, the hardest step. So in my opinion, the first step is to start collecting the data. Like if you want to do analytics first, it's a rely on the data. So you need to have good systems in place to collect the right amount of data and to store it in the right fashion. So when you start like collecting data, you need to ask yourself, which type of data do I want to collect? At which granularity? Do I need to collect data of all the transactions or maybe daily aggregation or maybe like a weekly aggregation is enough? So you need to ask you which type of data to capture need to make sure that everything is compliant with uh, customer privacy and the uh, legal uh, local regulations. And you need to ask yourself which type of granularity, what are the storage 
processes you're going to put in place, the infrastructure to collect, store the data, and make sure that the, the second step will be to make sure the data is accessible. So you want to make sure that the data is sitting in a place that many functions inside the company can potentially access the data, visualize the data, and potentially run more uh, advanced analysis. I'm curious, if you jump into this space, not myself, I don't own a retail store, but if there is someone who jumps into this space without being fully prepared, what are some of the consequences they could face? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of consequences. One of them is potentially on the legal side. If you collect the wrong type of data without customer consent or some protected attributes that are you're not typically allowed to collect and to manipulate and to use in your algorithms, then you can face some type of legal consequences. Another possibility is if you collect a lot of sensitive information, even if you have the consent from customers, you have to be very careful of you know, hackers and cybersecurity because if uh, there is a, a leak in your system and someone uh, get access to the data who should not get access to this data, it can have like big consequences like credit card numbers, like you know, phone numbers and so on can be very sensitive and you don't want anyone to potentially like break in the system and get access to this uh, sensitive data. And, and of course, like uh, the, the other thing that you need to, to make sure is that you collect the data that you need for your business because collecting data and starting like uh, being analytics driven has a cost. So you need to make sure before embarking in such a journey that you define properly the business problems that you are interested in solving and make sure that there is a, a good return on investment. Most of the time there is, but I strongly recommend to first ask the business objectives before starting putting the data and analytics process in place. I think that's really great, you know, really defining what problem you're trying to solve before you jump into this very complicated space. I'm wondering then, how can companies use data analytics, not just to respond to trends that are happening right now, or maybe even better predict what a customer is going to buy in a week or two, but to be forward thinking, to innovate, how can you use this type of data um, to better improve the industry you're in? Yeah, that's again a very good question. So actually I'm teaching a class on it called uh, AI and analytics for managers. And what I like to start my is there are three levels of maturity for analytics and AI. There is descriptive AI, which is the first level of maturity. You want to use AI and analytics to make descriptive statements. For example, you want to ask yourself the question, what happened in the past? And you want to try to understand the trends, to understand like the different uh, customer segments, who are the users, and so on. The second level of maturity is a predictive AI and analytics. So in that one, you want to ask yourself the question, what will happen in the future? So you want to start making predictions. For example, demand prediction is a big topic. Or you want to ask yourself, like, who will buy which product at what time and what price? And the third level of maturity, which is somewhat the golden standout, is a prescriptive AI and analytics. And there you want to ask yourself the question, how shall we make decisions in the future? It can be decision of prices, it can be decision of store layout, it can be decision of loyalty program, and it can go also beyond retail. It can also be in the medical field. You want to ask yourself, like, how do you diagnostics? How do you make medical decisions? It can be decisions or it can be recommendations. So to summarize, we have three levels of maturity, descriptive, predictive, and the latest one, which is a more advanced one, prescriptive, and that will be the state of the art, the best one you want to reach at the end of your uh, AI journey. 
We kind of talked about privacy and security concerns. I'm wondering how can companies balance collecting valuable and accurate data whilst respecting those issues? Yeah, it's a very important point. And unfortunately, the answer highly depends on the country, the state or the province, and also depend on the space. The rules are not the same for medical data than for retail data than for, you know, like other types of data. So definitely first understanding the restrictions and regulation in each country of operation and each space. That's the first key uh, aspect. The second key aspect is potentially to try to ask customer consent. If, if a company can manage to get the consent, then at least like the liability is, is in much better shape. Now, this space needs a lot of regulation. It's uh, still an active topic of research that is very multidisciplinary, involving lawyers, economists, scientists, uh, data analysts, where they all need to work together to make sure that the right set of regulation are there. But again, I think the key part here is to understand what are the restrictions in one's uh, country and space, as well as trying to aim to get customer consent in order to like, you know, decrease the liability. If there's a small business owner out there that's thinking about becoming more data-driven, but they have very little idea of how to go about doing it, what kind of roadmap would you give them? Where should they start? Great. So the first step, as I said before, is definitely to start collecting the data. So to ask themselves which data to collect, how to collect it, and then how to store it efficiently at the, in a cost-effective manner. Once the data is collected, the next step is to embrace this descriptive analytics and the AI step. Descriptive typically will be in the form of a dashboard. So you can build kind of a real-time updated dashboard. The dashboard is going to allow company managers and company employees to have access to the information of what happened inside the company in the real time. So it can be dashboard based on customer behavior. It can be based on manager's behavior. It can be based on inventory. It can be based, depending on the business and preferences, you need to define what are the right objectives and KPIs that need to be tracked. And then how can you use the data to visualize it and create a dashboard that allows us to get a visual snapshot of what happens in the company in terms of the most interesting behavior. For example, you can look at your sales in North America, you can look at your sales for each several store, you can look at your sales in each day of the week, weekend versus weekday, you can look at your sales in terms of expensive products, cheap products, so you can decide to slice the data according to the dimension that you care about and try to visualize the result through a dashboard. To me, that will be the first two steps, data collection, and data visualization by building a dashboard. You've mentioned data collection a little bit, uh, well, just a little bit throughout our conversation. I'm wondering how targeted does the analytics have to be to get the results you need to add value to your organization? Do you have a strong idea of what people should be looking for so when they start out? That's or? kind of the $1 million question because unfortunately it highly depends on the context. It depends on the type of of retailer or the type of company, the size of the company, the maturity of the company, and it so depends on the strategic objectives of the company. So it's unfortunately hard to come up with a one-size-fits-all type of answer to that question. But the goal, as I said before, is very important to define the pain points or the business objectives before going to the analytics world. And then you want to use the analytics in a smart way to solve the business problem that we started with at the, at the managerial level. 
So, you know, data analytics in itself is not a crystal ball. It won't tell you the precise information you need to perhaps impact the future, but it's incredibly useful is what I'm hearing. Exactly. I think it's very important to clarify the fact that data analytics and in particular prediction are far from perfect. If you are looking for a perfect crystal ball prediction, forget about it. No a machine learning algorithm or no AI technique will be able to give you a very, very accurate, perfect forecast. Instead, it's going to allow you to do reasonably well in order to guide strategic and operational decision at a higher level. But definitely, if you do it properly, you collect the right type of data and you develop the right type of methodologies, it can improve uh, decisions and ultimately affect the bottom line. Okay. But do you think there could be resistance within the workplace? Yeah, definitely. So there is there is a topic called change management, and it's definitely hard to convince managers and uh, you know practices based on experience and intuition for many years to start in the world of being becoming more data driven. So like a company that wants to become data driven will face a lot of obstacles and resistance in terms of cultural changes and change management. And definitely, like the key there is to hire the right people with the right mindset to make sure that they see the potential and the potential benefits of adopting analytics and making sure that they can see like the potential benefits in terms of having an impact and improving the current practices by relying more on like being a data-driven organization. Can small and medium-sized organizations afford to ignore this? Or are they in danger of missing out on a lot of future potential or even maybe being left behind? Yeah, in my opinion, it's my personal opinion. I think uh, they should not. They should be part of the journey because if they miss a train, it'll be very hard for them to catch up later on. Today, it becomes very, very easy uh, being uh, data-driven and embracing analytics has been really democratized in the last few years. And I feel like even small and medium companies should try at their level to make some minimal effort to start collecting the right type of data, doing some type of dashboarding to guide their decision. They should definitely start like also uh, adopting this space because, as you said, otherwise they're going to be left behind and be very hard to catch up later on. I think it's really interesting that you said it's been the space has been democratized over time. Uh, is that in relation to cost? That means that smaller and medium-sized business can now enter the space without feeling like they have to pay a huge premium? Exactly. The cost is going down. It's still obviously like uh, somewhat expensive for very small businesses to enter that space. But there was a lot of tools. There was a lot of uh, publicly available free resources online. It's easy to hire one analyst, can be an intern. For example, at uh, McGill University, we have a program where several of our students that are doing a master's in analytics or a concentration in undergraduate studies, and then they can do internship at small companies to help them like uh, develop some type of analytics-based strategy. So it became very, very like you know reasonably priced to adopt some tools to recruit interns that can help and. Uh, and we hope that the price will go even further so it will be accessible to the to, to the largest number because I still see, feel that there is some, you know, companies for whom it became like inaccessible. And we hope in the next few years to, to work and bridging this gap and making it accessible to everybody. And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us today, Maxime. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to share this with our listeners and to put this out into the world. Thank you very much for having me. Really, really enjoyed the discussion. Thank you again. 
That was Maxime Cohen, who's a professor at McGill University in Montreal. Maxime had some really interesting points about becoming a data-driven organization and the practicalities of all that. A conversion like that can be a big change. So we're going to continue on a similar theme next week when we'll be discussing how to build a culture among your colleagues and staff that is open to data analytics. We live in a world that's becoming more and more data rich and where more and more people, like we talked about earlier, are really becoming comfortable with thinking and talking about data. And I think the demand is there. Our guest for that one will be Tamara Ogston. So make sure to join us again. Thanks, as always, for listening, and see you next week.